Welcome to PRT, Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and uh, this is part two of the interviews with the Otterstein couple. And uh, you, you guys can follow me uh, on YouTube, on many different platforms, or on Spotify, SoundCloud. Please, if you follow me on the other platforms, go to YouTube and like and subscribe because that helps us out. And also, uh, we have a, a, a website, prtpodcast.com. It's prtpodcast.com. If you have a crazy story to send me, a uh, scary story or something unusual, weird, strange, whatever, you can uh, email me at doswolfman88 at gmail.com, doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Now, this is part two, uh, and so we're going to go ahead and jump right in and get to that. Would you log in like over 500 to 1,000 hours just, just on interviews and, and, and uh, work there? Well, it wasn't, I wouldn't say that much. Okay. <laughs> we did a lot of interviews during that time period and a lot of miles, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, staying over there. And, um, and whatever it was did not want to show its hand. It wanted to, in my, my impression was it wanted to isolate her, make her feel like that there was no hope. Nobody can help you. Nobody's going to believe you. But, you know, in this particular case, I took a, a little more interest in it because it felt in my heart, I mean, in my heart, I knew that there was something going on. And I, she, she, yeah, and, and I, I was I was very doubtful. I was very skeptical up until that night because, you know, I, nothing had ever happened while we were there. It always after we leave, which is suspicious in and of itself. True. But, True. Uh, that would no, definitely raise the ears and about yeah, but, Knowing how these things work, you know, that's pretty par for the course. So the question I got real quick is, did you guys ever figure out what it was that uh, invited it I, in, for lack of better words? I think I did. Um, during a, the initial interviews, I knew that something spurs these things on. Um, sometimes, you know, very rarely do these things just happen. Um, I, I interviewed the lady and I asked her, I said, you know, I asked her, you know, I do it basically what I do with the people I work with. I do a timeline interview from the time they can remember all the way up till present time or to when they start experiencing the whatever activity that might be happening. Um, and she told me that uh, she had a uh, friend of hers from work who was uh, somewhat attracted to her. And it got to the point where he was starting to stalk her. Uh, it was very, you know, uh, annoying. He'd show up uh, in the morning. Um, try to make walk, talk his way into the house and just got very, very obsessive with her. And, uh, one time she told him, you know, Hey, stop it. I don't want to see you anymore. This is getting strange. I, I'm married. I'm not interested. Um, just leave me alone. Well, supposedly he took, grabbed some of her hair and pulled the hair out of her head and wrapped her in his finger. says, that's okay. You know, I got a love spell or something like that that I could use. And it was, I think it was um, a year before this stuff started. Now, it, that could be the that could be the 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 um, the cause of this, but I'm not altogether certain. But it sure sounds like it could be. It could have been that he, because he was also into uh, dabbling in the occult. He had the Necronomicon book and all these spell books, spell conjuring books, and so forth. And I have a strong suspicion that that's how this thing developed because it was attacking her. And a lot of the time, um, anytime that uh, she and her husband were getting along good, it would pop up. 
And uh, I, I strongly suspect that was probably the cause of what happened. He probably put a curse on her and uh, it ran its course. And, um, you know, I just hope that uh, whoever did this, he, he's going to have problems as well. I I was, I mean, I was thinking, you know, Ouija board or her messing around with something like that because I, I'm. <laughs> well, she didn't, uh, she, she didn't dabble in the Ouija. You know, she didn't dabble in the play with the Ouija board or anything like that. It was part of our initial questioning um but uh you know that that's the only explanation i can give now i'm not certain i don't have any degree of certainty that that is precisely what happened but i'm suspecting i highly suspect that's what happened wow so did uh did you guys ever get any information on this guy that uh, was stalking her no we did not um i didn't i didn't want to make contact with him my my focus yeah my focus at the time was helping her right yeah it would have been interesting to know what you know what exactly he was into you know not that you exactly. could do anything to prosecute him or anything but it would just good good to know information because wow that is just you know she took a ride for lack of better words she took a ride from hell yeah <laughs> no pun a lot intended. of these cases a lot of these cases are um they're not very clear cut as far as actual causes and so forth. You're always going to have a mystery um, associated with some of these cases because you really don't, you can't find out everything, you know, but um, this, this case follows me sometimes. I did a uh, interview with a local uh, newspaper here on uh, the town we live in. Um, it was um, for a Halloween type of special. And I told them about this particular case and they wrote an article on it. And uh, the reporter was uh was using an audio tape. It was a magnetic old small micro cassette magnetic tape to take his notes with, um, because generally he, he you know he wants to capture the whole interview, not miss anything. So he was um tape, taping me and I was talking, and uh, after the interview he called me a couple of days later and he says, "Can you come out of the office? I need to talk with you." And I said, "Sure. What's the problem?" He says, "There's something on the audio tape I need you to hear." So um, I went to the I went to his office at the newspaper, and uh, you know, to, to begin with, the audio the interview took place in kind of a, a soundproof room. I think the walls were and so forth. There was no extra noises in the room. We didn't discern anything that could have caused what he'd heard. But he played the tape back, and, uh, and during the process of me talking, you heard what sounded like a dog fight in the background, a vicious um, dog fight. If it sounds similar, but not exact. If you look at the movie Exorcist, at the, at the opening um, scenes of the Exorcist, when they have the dogs fighting in Iraq, the older priest, you know, confronts the uh, demonic statue and so forth. That's it. Sounded something like that, and we could not, we could not explain it. Now, now, but keep in mind too, this tape he uses over and over again. There could be some artifacts on the tape that may. All something like that, and I sent it to a couple of people in our group, and they couldn't, they couldn't explain it. Only that if if you know if it's an older tape, it may be an artifact, but I don't know of an artifact that sounds like that. And the guy had been using this particular tape record for a couple of three years, and, and, and he couldn't recall recording dogs. I mean, it was it was pretty vicious. You would have recalled if he recorded. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> something very blatant and obvious when it comes to that. Yeah, you would. Well, a dogfight is something, even recording it, something you don't forget it quite easily. Yeah. What's funny, too, though, about when you were talking about the exorcist, that statue was of a demon that's not even, that, stat, that demon is actually known for pestilence. Wow. That's, that's, this, that whole case is just, gosh, it was. 
I thought it was odd though that, that the way they they make these movies they sensationalize it and it shows I don't even want to say the demon's name it starts with a P but they showed they showed him and it's like pff, he's a demon of sickness I mean that's not really because a lot of these demons just like humans they specialize in certain things exactly so, yeah. that, and that's why you have to get the demon's name right that's the whole thing that yeah. you miss on these TV shows I mean and and just talking about sort of sort of pop culture the you know Rick and I had a uh, even people at our church, people in the the ghost group, have said, "Have you guys seen this new show called Evil? And it's on CBS." And I'm like, "I don't watch network TV, really, <laughs> right?" Um, and and they said, "We well, should watch it." So I said, "Well, you know, I'll I'll watch it, and I'll say that first of all, it gets the Catholic Church wrong. It gets it gets it gets it wrong in the Catholic Church. They have a seminarian who's like doing shrooms or something to have visions of God. So that's not accurate." Um, but but what is accurate, I will say what is accurate, is that a lot of the cases they show, particularly in that very first episode, it's not clear cut if, if this guy's a psychopath or if there's demonic uh, demonic influence. And so that part is accurate um, for it. I'll, I'll give them that. It's it's interesting, but that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, the, with television, that's that's the problem. You've you've got to you know they've got to put shows on the network that are palatable and embellishment is part of that process to make yeah. them palatable yeah, to the masses. Just, just so, whatever looks cool. Yeah, and, and yes. because that, I know that I've heard um, I've heard a few a few people say that. Um, and these are people message on Facebook, you know, and everything else that, that, uh, they've were approached by, uh, you know, a, a big time production company, you know, big professional outfit, as they said, and they wanted their story, but, um, they were going to have them signed waivers and this, this and that. So that basically meant that they could take the, the story and twist it, cut it, chop it up and do whatever they and, want. And they do. They do. I mean, I was a guest star on Ghost Hunters, the original Ghost Hunters back in 05. And uh, at, at the Chesapeake House, ironically, the Chesapeake House, the very first house we went to, they they went out there. We didn't actually capture anything. But, um, you know, seeing the filming and the way they do things. Um, yeah. And we and we've and we have we've been around for a while. So we've been approached um and, and done a lot of like test reels for, for different companies that wanted to do things. And at the end of the day, we're like, look, this is what we do. Um, we're not, we're not ghost adventurers. We're not any of that crap. Yeah. You're not looking um, for TV like, ratings, right? <laughs> exactly. Like if you want to see what the scientific method is and, and, and really, you know, the group that I have, I've, Managed to be lucky enough to attract, you know, really brilliant folks. Um, we've got, you know, college professors, um, scientists from NASA and the military. Um, and we're truly doing actual science. Like the, if I were to show you some of our results, they're not sexy. They're Excel graphs, which make us very excited, but they're not sexy and not interesting probably for the for the general audience to talk about, but it's trying to quantify this. And so when when the producers hear, oh, well that's okay, well we'll we'll keep you in mind, which basically means no, like no one's gonna watch that. <laughs> right. It's it's a <laughs> yeah, it's it's the numbers the numbers aren't sexy. It's uh and of course, you know, and that's the unfortunate thing that um the creative, the creative license. If you sign, you know, you sign it and give them the creative license to do what they want. Well, then your story will not come out how you, you know, exactly. how it happened to you, and, and that's unfortunate. But then again, you know, it is a business for for those networks and so on and so forth. 
I just find it really, really interesting, you know, the amount of time you guys put into that case, though. Holy smokes. And, and that, but that's what it requires. And that's and, and that's why I wanted to talk about, you know, that case and the Kentucky case. These are not, you know, slam bam. Overnighters, bang, bang, right? right? They're not a they, weekend outing, right? <laughs> there's a lot of work. And I mean, for Kentucky, that was a 12-hour drive. And we went up there two or three different times. The The Northern Virginia case, that was a good three hours you know, from us one way um, that involves some, ho- you know, some hotel stays and things and, and a lot of weekends. And and that one weekend that he talked about where they actually got the uh, the evidence, that was my birthday weekend. That was actually Rick's birthday weekend. We're both April babies. Um, and so probably where I wanted to be on my birthday weekend was not, was not, was not on an investigation necessarily, let's be honest. Um, and I was actually at the hotel. I went back to the hotel room because I was having an allergy attack and, uh, and I was hyped up on the Benadryl, right. When, uh, when this happened, but, but that, you know, but that's what it, that's what it takes, you know, and, and I could give you all of the misadventures, uh, paranormal research, uh, you know, after 20 years, there's lots of stories. Um, and, and we just recently in the past couple of years formed the, uh, Virginia, we're part of the Virginia chapter for the North American Dogman Project. And a lot of folks have never heard of Dogman. And when I, and I know Josh, and that's how I, I learned about Josh being on Vic Cundiff's show, you know, you talk about Dogman and you say, yeah, it looks like a werewolf, but it's not. And people are like, do what? Like Bigfoot is more socially acceptable than a dog fan. And I'm like, look. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I wanted to say there is a demon whose name starts with an A. I'm not going to say it, but his, we went to Egypt and saw him all over the place. I know exactly who you're yeah, talking about. And, and, and his name is, and so, so you know who I'm yes. talking about. Yes. It's, it's out of the underworld. Yes. yes. Two parts, uh, A and then, um, yes. but, but you're, you're not talking, <clears throat> you're talking about Anubis, right? Yes, Anubis. Well, I'm actually referring to another one that starts with an A. Oh, okay. okay. And I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a wolf head. It's it's not a jackal head. Is the is the Anubis? Um, I don't I don't believe so much in the Anubis as been as being like I think he was a Nephilim. That's my belief. Uh, but I do believe that this other one was one of the original rebellious um, angels, um, and he fell with. I believe he fell, yeah it was Lucifer. Yes. And, but the, the, he is a wolf headed entity. And now so many people will fight you tooth and nail. Now what I saw looked flesh and blood, but that doesn't yeah. mean that it wasn't a manifestation. And I've had many people yeah, tell, tell me yeah. now, and I've had people that are hardcore dogman people that believe that they're flesh and blood, but they also know that there are skinwalkers and that there is, uh, an element to these things that are spiritual. Um, that some of them, they they can be, and that these things can be a demonic manifestation of something. I believe that, that that's, you know, and then, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the, the names of the demons and what they do, the different, I, I know this because I have studied that. Um, I'm not like somebody that gets all into it, you know, like whatever, because I don't believe that you should give it too much, uh, power recognition. Yeah. And I don't believe in giving objects power either. I just know that sometimes things are obsessed on something and it happens. Now, I can tell you this. When my friend died back in 2011, he had PTSD, um, former military. He killed himself. Now, he was stalking his ex-wife. He was going after her. He was uh, just, just had lost his, just was not 
in his right mind. And I, and I, and I loved him to death. He's one of my best friends that I ever had in my whole life. And when I tried talking to him, my brother tried talking to him, he was just obsessed. I mean, he could not stop stalking her and he, it's what he was doing. And he was about to go to jail for about six months, I believe for the behavior breaking. Yes. Breaking a restraining order. Now, the day after he died, I had a long talk with his wife. She had called me. I was one of the first people that she called, and she told me what happened. Now, I had a book uh, sitting on my coffee table in my living room, okay? And I remember looking down at that book, and it was a book. It was called Demonology. That was the name of the book. I believe it was Rosemary Ellen Guiley that might have wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I just was looking at the book, and something just told me to pick it up and open it. And I just did. I opened it to the A's. And there in the A's was the name of a demon. And when I began to read it, which I've talked about this demon before on when I talked about King Solomon, mm-hmm. um, it said that he is the, uh, what he does is cause marital strife. Correct. And then it said that he was obsessed with a woman named Sarah. Now, my friend's wife's name was Sarah, and it creeped me out so bad. And it was almost like I felt in my heart that not only did this demon, was he saying, yes, this is what I did. This is your, I I did this, you know? It's like, look, come and look at, look at my handiwork. Yeah, it was like, it was, but it was mockingly, like, it was like, it was saying, yeah, I did it, you know? And it was like wanting me to see it. And it was it, it made me physically ill. It made me sick to think about that that could be, you know. And it was so weird because I just picked the book up and opened it right there, and I was just like, wow. Now, I know Rosemary Ellen Guiley, she, she wrote about um, these demons, and then she wrote another one about angels. They all have names. And that... You know, I don't. I don't. I just don't want to give them too much credence and and say the names of these things or whatever. If you want to check it out, go read those books. Go folks. read the books. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 it's in the A's, and he's it, it, he's one of them. He's I know. a dog headed. No, no, no. He's that's not a different the one. one. No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's a different one. That's a different one. Sorry, this folks. one is his name starts with an A, but he is the demon of marital strife, and he was obsessed with a woman named Sarah, and my friend's wife's name was Sarah. And their marriage had deteriorated because of his behavior, and he began to act very uncharacteristic. And I could feel when I would talk to him, like there was something on him, attached to him, that was causing him to act erratic and made her, caused her to get away from him. It and sounds like would, classic obsession. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and he wouldn't leave her alone. And I tried talking to him before he committed suicide. You know, a few days before that, I had told him, look, you, you know, I was going through a lot at that time. I was raising my nephew who was having a lot of problems. And I, so I was not in a position where uh, running my business and trying to, trying to deal with him and Give his him, yeah. troubled teens, you know. Yeah, you stage. were dealing with the troubled teen. <laughs> yeah, I was dealing with Zane, my nephew. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and, and he's a good kid now, but he used to have a lot of problems. And, and so um, there again, his mother was a dabbler in the occult and she caused a lot of problems for him. And so I couldn't leave to go get uh, my friend up in Colorado, which I was planning on doing. And I had already set plans to get up there to go get him. And um, cause I had spoken with his son and I was like, he was my godson. He is. And I was like, I'm going to try and help him, you know, but it was like, it just out of the blue, he did that. And the next day, his wife called me like that morning and said, you know, he's, he's took his own life. 
and you that's, know that's that's the goal for the demonic. You yes, know, the ultimate goal is to have someone take their own life. Exactly. That's which is unfortunate. You know. Um, you know another thing too. I really you know I start I, there was more to, to to that what happened later. I started having these dreams. You know about him, not um, like he was being tormented, but he was trapped. And then my mom, who had never met him, my dad had met him, but my mother had never met him. She started having dreams about him and asking me who he was because she didn't know exactly what he looked like. And when I described him, she started talking about it. And then my my uh, nephew, who I adopted as my son or whatever, I mean, he's pretty much, I had custody of him. He began to have dreams about him. And asking me who well, he was, you, and, and you have to be very careful because the demonic, the, the the preternatural, the angelic realm, they have a lot of influence over our imaginations and our and uh, and, and and dream states. They have a lot of influence, and they could uh, create dream states which would cause you to be curious and want to seek out certain things. Hence, um, seances, uh, divination, that type of thing. So you have to be very careful. They can create these dream states um, easily and and cause you to um, question and get interested, cause an undue amount of interest in this type of thing. So you have to be real careful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I like I said. Yeah. Believe me, I'm not messing with any. <laughs> I'm not into Ouija boards. I'm yeah. not into communicating yeah. with anything. If I, can I am help reiterating it. that myself. I've never had anything, but guess what? I will. I I just know Ouija boards. Get them out of here. <laughs> no thanks. Now there was another lady. I know you know this, Sal, that had told us about a demonic something or other that had come out of a Ouija playing with a Ouija board. And it did look like a wolf It had a wolf's head and they were seeing it in the window and it was causing havoc. Um, and even a Bigfoot type entity that, that someone saw that was hairy. It was shaggy. Correct. Um, you know, we, we, you know how we always, uh, Rick, we always discuss, you know, on our show and then, and it's always the, the continuous topic or theme is, you know, at the end of the day, we look at each other like, how are all these things connected? That's how we're always, that's the thing we're always asking ourselves because we get so many strange stories from uh, people, you know, the sightings and, and events that happen to them. And so getting back to the, to, to the dog, the dog man is, as you know, it's commonly known nowadays, you know, the flesh and blood. Sure. Yeah. The, the question is, is, is it natural born here in this three dimensional, you know, realm of existence or is it you know has it been conjured or has it came through a portal whatever the case may be however you want to look at it you know that that's always the question for us that's that is the question um we don't i think that there there are different types of dogmen i think there are different types of dogmen phenomena um if you look theologically the angelic can be into physical form they can transfer them into physical form um, it's it's all throughout the the Bible um, where angels come in physical form. You can actually sit and eat with you, um, and I believe that the the demonic can be in physical form. Um, I, my my background is I used to be with MUFON, which is a mutual UFO network, and I was a state director here in Virginia for about five years and a member for a total of ten. And what got me involved in paranormal was a lot of the cases I was involved with. Specifically with um, abduction phenomena, there were a lot of paranormal um, aspects to the to the. They were involved the, with um, that. 
get to the uh, the abduction phenomena precisely. A lot of poltergeist activity, a lot of uh, haunted type activity, and Bigfoot and Bigfoot activity. Um, and then you know when I left MUFON and went into the paranormal field, and I'm starting to see some connections there too. And now I'm into cryptids, Bigfoot, and the Dogman phenomena, and I'm starting to see some crossover there. So what um, what is what is your take as far as uh, before we you know I'll let you get back. <laughs> Sorry to take you off point. What is your take on their intelligence levels, Sasquatch and the Dogman? I think uh, specifically the Dogman. I mean, I know the Sasquatch. It's it's a bit more acceptable because we can we can look at it as a primate. Um. But in very intelligent primate. Um, but the dog man, we're looking at a canine type of creature with an exceptionally uh, high IQ or intelligence level. It seems I, to have strategy. It's, it, it operates with strategy. In, in a lot of the cases, you get, ins, you get instances where people report mind speak, a mental telepathy type thing, which is preternatural in and of itself. Um, a lot of times, I think the dog man uh, phenomenon, when they encounter somebody, the intent is to scare them or affect them in an emotional way. I think that's the true intent of it. And that sounds preternatural, which is preternatural. In Roman Catholicism, there are three levels. There's the natural world. There's the preternatural world. There's the supernatural world. The natural world we're all familiar with. The supernatural world is of God, which is the supernatural power to create something from nothing. In between, it's called the preternatural. The preternatural is a level of natural that... The entities that have a preternatural ability can manipulate the physical universe, but they cannot create or destroy. No, they can't create it. Here's here's a Rick. I wanted to say something about that. The um, one of the things I know that that I was discussing this with someone a, a while back, and they were a the, they were a the they had studied theology. You know, this guy wasn't claiming to be uh, the the be all end all of anything, but he had a lot of knowledge. And one of the things that he told me. Um, was the most dangerous forms of entities. Because according to him, now this is a guy that actually helped my brother who was a Satanist. Okay. He, he was a devout Satanist. He helped my brother. He helped my brother come to Christ. Okay. Now, the funny thing is about this guy, okay, was that he had a Buddhist philosophy, but he was a Christian in his faith. But his philosophy, because he always he he claimed that Buddhism was wasn't really supposed to be it was a religion, it was supposed to be a philosophy that you live by. But he had the Christian faith. He believed in Christ. He prayed to God through Christ. All that. Now he did help my brother come to Christ. So that was something because my brother was bad. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, he was a bad dude. I had some problems with him, man, and. Uh, he did some things in my old house that I think exacerbated some of the problems that we already had in that house. And I think some things were done and it just made it worse. And some of the things that we were seeing got progressively worse. If you go back and reference my show, there's, we talk about it, but this guy helped. And one of the things he, he, he told me was he said that there is a type of entity that's way worse than anything that we can, you know, be, and he said it's because it doesn't play by any rules or laws. It's only, it's only, um, bound by your imagination. And he said that it is a thought form. A tulpa. And he said, well, sort of tulpa is a little bit different. It's like the manifestation of, of like you creation, you know, correct. but it is, it is similar. 
Okay. But the thought form is like a topa. I guess it is a topa, but it's a topa that's gone off the, the reservation. It's one without limitations. Without limits, yes. And be, and he said that, that now demons, you know, are supposed to follow a certain rule. The yeah, rules. The cosmic rule. There's a of. cosmic rule that he goes, if not, you would see possession everywhere. It would just be, con- and then you do see oppression everywhere, but you don't see everybody just running, flopping around, you know, being possessed by, by demons because they have an order that they have to follow. But these thought forms come from the thoughts of man. Now they can be influenced by demons to create these things in your mind. But when you give them a, a free reign and they use the human energy, According, now, I'm not saying this is what I believe. I'm just saying this is what somebody told me, and I want to preface right. that with that, you know, that, that that's what he was telling me was that that's where this comes from, a lot of this, you know, and he said that these things are, are what you see. Like, he really believed that, that that's what that dog man was. It was, yeah. was the thoughts of man had created this subspecies, and he called them archons. I don't know if that's a correct term or not, but that's what he called them. And I think that was just his own term that he gave him because he didn't know what to call them. But he said that when you're dealing with the different types of entities, which are basically all just a different type of demon, you know, but he said that they are not, these thought forms are completely different. He said that they don't follow any rules. You can try to make them do this and do that. They don't stop. They don't adhere to anything. Yeah. And according to him, it was like, it all just depended on their energy. And once their energy is gone, then they, they were gone. But he said that they were created by man because our minds have the ability to create. And he said, that's why you have to be very vigilant in what you think and how you think it. That old adage, be careful. Your thoughts thought become, because those thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits. And then those habits are, you know, that, and, and when you bring that into this reality, that's now, what do you think of that? You guys, there's, uh, there's a lot that we do not know. I mean, even when you go to scripture and in the Bible, there, the, you know, even the apostle said there are certain things Christ taught that would fill volumes that they just don't have the time. You know, we just don't know everything. Um, when people think of the demonic, they think of you know the fallen angels and you know what they see on TV. But the, the truth about the demonic is each individual fallen angel is an individual species in and of itself. They're they're arranged in a hierarchy, and the you've got the lower soldiers, you know, the lower ranked soldiers. Then you've got what's equivalent to the sergeants, lieutenants, the captains, the colonels. But when you get to the higher realms of the demonic, the, the diabolical, then you don't know what you might be dealing with. You're dealing with a an intelligence that surpasses ours by well, I you know I can't I can't gauge it. And they've been around for quite a long time. They're very intelligent. They know precisely, you know, what to do. They're very powerful. Not as powerful as God, but uh, they are very, very powerful. And they can, you know, seem to have a um, a godlike presence or um, power that, you know, that's immeasurable. But um, in, in the long term, I don't believe that they're as omnipotent as God or as powerful. He's the creator, and we're all create creations or creatures. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I can't I can't speak to what he believes because I don't know everything. Only thing I know is what my research has shown and what my work has shown. And um, but it's a very interesting concept that he comes up with. That's I'll have to look into that. That's very interesting. Yeah, well, that's something that he believed fully because I know that. 
I know that I have dealt with a lot of people who've done drugs. I used to run a nightclub, so you're around it, you know, and there's people that would flip out and just start, you know, like something was on them, something was attacking them. Now, now, modern science would say, okay, they're, they're under the influence, the influence of, of a hallucinogenic drug. But I know that you can have a hallucination with someone and you both see it. Not yeah. that, that kind of ceases to be a hallucination and starts. That's to be a, a reality. It's a glimpse into something else. Yeah, I will admit that I have taken peyote once years ago, and I was with several other people, and they saw the same thing I did, and I was asking them, "I'm like, are you seeing the same thing that I'm seeing?" And I've only done it once, but it was very a very powerful. Um, the people that I did it with, they were natives and Native Americans, and they and they gave it to me the button as they call it. And when I saw these reptilian-looking demonic entities, they saw the same thing I did. And it was just like, are you seeing this? And then, you know, I saw this, like, shadowy-looking wolf thing that came out of the smoke. Everybody saw the same thing. Like, how is that possible? You know, like, I'm asking them, what yeah. are you seeing? And they're telling me what I'm it's, seeing. Yeah, the reason the reason the, the, the church is, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm looking at things from the perspective of the church. Um, the reason the church doesn't advocate uh, the hallucinogens and drugs of that sort is because it um, not only does it affect you mentally, emotionally, psychologically, but it also can affect you spiritually. It could uh, remove that small veil of spirituality there, and you could, you know, you open yourself up to these things. Um, uh, a lot of people that I've, uh, I've I've heard that practiced Buddha and they would sit and meditate. Um, a lot of times they'd open themselves up to the point where they were actually attacked demonically and they had to seek help from the church. A lot of Buddhists, um, a lot of people um, who who are into this uh, astral projection, that type of thing. They open themselves up and it's it's a matter of invitation. You know, there's the law of invitation, attraction and so forth. If you invite something in the cosmic law of invitation, they're going to take you up on it. And you'll they'll they'll come and they'll they'll wreak havoc with your spiritual life. They'll wreak havoc with your your physical, your 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 mental, your emotional. Um, it's that's the reason they don't promote that the use of any hallucinogens because you'll pretty much open yourself up like that. And I always compare it to like going deep sea fishing. You know, you don't know what you're going to catch. No, you don't. The ocean is so vast, and you're out there fishing, and you don't know. I mean, you might get a marlin or you might get a mako shark. You don't know what you're going to pull oh, up. You might get you know? a flounder. Who knows? You don't know. I mean, and so when you're out there throwing the the trawl net out there and dredging up whatever comes up, you're, yeah. it's, you're just, it's whatever you get. It's a exactly. potluck. It's like, you know, these people that do this automatic writing and, and these spiritual things, um, and Ouija boards and seances and, uh, you know, the these type of things. You know, they're, they're opening themselves up. And uh, it's like a chat room. You don't know who you're speaking with. You know, and you don't know how bad that person is. You're That's speaking. a good analogy. Yeah, it's, it's a very a, good it's, analogy. It's a good analogy. Considering that some people consider computers to be the end all be all. Just and, uh, and I, I think, think that's, that, that's the new medium right now. Um, a lot of a lot of satanic groups are using media um, to actually pass on curses. Um, the cartels south of the border, not all of them, but some of them are satanic. You ever heard of the Mother um, um, de Muertos? The yeah. Well, oh, yeah. And they say, uh, God created me, Jesus saved me, but she protects me, you know? Yeah. she's. It looks like the Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm -hmm, the Guadalupe, it's, it's yeah. a skeletal figure of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And a lot of them are satanic. And what they do is they, they, they put curses on the drugs. 
a lot of them to increase their potency, potency, potency yeah. precisely in their uh, addictive um, attributes. Yeah, and the reason that they that they depict her as the skeletal is because she's Lady Death. Yes. Whereas the the mother Mary was the the gave life right. you know to our savior. Precisely. Yeah, and, and it started out well. I think some of these cartels approached the church and they wanted the church's blessing on certain things, and the church says we can't do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're like, so we'll, we'll come up with our own deity. And uh, unfortunately, it was a uh, a negative demonic, whatever you want to call it. And uh, if you ever see, if you run into um, people who have these cards be careful because um it's it, it doesn't mean you know it's it's a fairy tale we're talking about here this is very serious stuff and they're very serious the whole adopting of a you know a negative entity well you i guess you can also take that into you know take into account that that helps to uh have a psychological impact on their enemies for lack of better words right now before we digressed and, and you know, and, and uh, we were talking about the Sasquatch and the, you know, the dog man and so on and so forth. And you guys recently have started to, you know, walk down that path. And of course, Wolf having his uh, encounter and he, you know, he saw it, you know, in its glory, full flesh and blood. Have you guys had any type of Nothing uh, contact glorious like that? about it? Um, pretty much that was in the, quotation marks, brother. <laughs> yeah, pretty much our group with regard to Dogman is pretty much in, it's in its infancy right now. We're just starting to investigate this thing. Um, we've been out. I, I do a lot of field work. I just came back from one a couple nights ago. No activity, no, nothing to report there. But we go out and we actually um, a lot of times we hear about reports of Dogman, um, that type of thing. And we'll go there and set up camp try to interview who we can check the area out and so forth. Um, but we haven't, you know, I haven't, we had an incident a couple of weeks ago where we went out in Southwestern part of Virginia called Lee County near the Kentucky border. We were investigating a dog man incident there. It was our second visit. And, uh, the first visit, it was quite interesting because we heard a lot of activity around us, growls at night. Um, we are, one of our guys actually got uh, thermal hits on objects moving around the campsite that did not uh, register heat, which was unusual. Um, and the following day, we checked the, this particular area out, and we found tree structures and that type of thing. So, very weird area. We went back again a couple weeks ago. And, I mean, the first time we went was maybe a year ago, October. And we went back a couple weeks ago, and uh, a couple of our members actually saw a large, dark figure, probably seven, eight feet tall, one witness said it looked like he had a hoodie on, and the other witness said it looked like a squatch, quote-unquote squatch, with a, the crest on its head. Um, but it was watching us from the wood line in this particular hollow. We call it a hollow. We call it, we've actually we've nicknamed it Booger Holler because we get a lot of activity in there. But uh, other than those two sightings and what happened in the original investigation a year or so ago, we haven't really experienced anything. Um, my main thrust in this research is not necessarily experiencing it, but interviewing those people who have experienced it. Um, again, I like to do a timeline interview. I like to know where they were at psychologically, physically, spiritually at the time they witnessed these things, what was happening in their life at the time, what type of problems they might have been having, what type of issues they might have been having, what type of uh, spiritual life they had or if they'd been dabbling or so forth. That's my main thrust in this is not necessarily experiencing the dogman phenomena, but 
going to the people who witness these things and working with them. Um, because a lot of these people, it's a long lasting trauma for them after they've witnessed it. I think that's fascinating. I'd like to get into the bottom of that and find out what, if there are any, what, if any connections there might be. Well, uh, you got a, uh, you know, good source or a good, you know, <laughs> a good subject here. You could ask Wolf all those questions offline and, and, uh, you know, he, like I said, he saw it up close and personal, and it uh, and the, and the, the the area where we're from, the legends were there already, and and it's mostly from the older generation that's unfortunately dying off. But they would always tell us not to be going out and playing around at night. Um, the guy that I saw it with became a preacher. I mean, like he saw it and he thought it's demonic. His mother always said it was demonic. Um. Are these Native American cult? Is this the Native American cultures? No, no, no. It's the it, we're, I, my my mother's Mexican and okay. and my dad's white, but his the the and and actually have a uh, it's the Hispanic side of all of this. Yeah, I have a have Comanche grandmother though. Yeah, but but well, my, uh, uh, my my father was uh, Mexican. My mother was uh, from West Virginia. So what a mix, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought you sounded like you might be Latino, but I wasn't for a sure. Bit, yeah, <laughs> poco. You know, I'm a poco, un poquito. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, my my dad's white, but um, on that on that Latino side, and you know, and and when I grew up, mm -hmm. that my my tia in particular, they, she would always tell me stories about these things, and I thought these uh -huh. are just stories. It started one day when I was at her house in Temple, Texas. I'll never forget. And she, we were watching uh, with her boyfriend named Manuel. He was a good guy. Mm -hmm. I liked hanging out with him. He was always really nice to me as a kid, and. Uh, we were watching The Wolfman with Lon Chaney. You know, oh, the original. The classic, yeah. yeah. And it was, and she had one of those big uh, TVs with oh, the wooden. Yeah. All around, the console the, the TVs. Big, the big nice one, you know, because yeah. she worked so hard. She was a seamstress her whole life. And she had this nice big TV, you know, and, and we were watching The Wolfman and she came home and told me to turn it off. And I was like, why? You know, I'm like a nine-year-old kid. I'm like, I'm, I want to see this. And she's like, no. And he was like, ah, come on. It's just a, it's just a, just a monster it's movie. It's just a monster movie. You know, <laughs> he's a little kid. Let him watch it. And she's like, no, you know. And then when later on we talked about it, which when I would stay with her, I had to go to church, the Catholic church. Of course, she was Catholic. I'm not Catholic, but, but I grew she up was. Catholic, so I know yeah, the deal. <laughs> and so I had to go to mass with her and everything. And, and I remember always going on Christmas Eve. My mom would always make me go with her, you know. And so I, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't an option for them. No, it wasn't. Uh, and so, and, and my grandmother on my dad's side, which would, you know, his, his, that would be his stepmom, but he had her since he was like 11 years old. She was Catholic too. And so I had to go to CCD and all this stuff to kind of, kind of to please them. But I am a Christian, but I'm not Catholic. Um, I, I lean more toward Orthodox, I guess, if I had to say what I am, I don't really like to get into religion or politics too much, but, um, what, what I was told by her though, was that these things exist. And I'm thinking in my mind, in my little kid mind, the wolf man, you know, you're thinking, what is that? <laughs> and I remember laughing about it. And then she got real serious about it. And she says, la llorona, la chusa, el hombre lobo. She goes, this all real. And I was just like, okay. You know, like I really just was not into hearing all that mentiras. I thought it was all just a bunch of bull. You know, you're just telling stories to keep me in line, to scare me so I won't go off and do something bad. But then when I was 15, I saw it. And it, and for the rest of my life, I'll never forget it. For the rest of my life, I was like, these things are real. They really exist. It had a very profound effect on me and the guy that I was with. We both saw it. Me and him were walking. 
And it, it was, was no shared it was, hallucination. It was no shared hallucinate. Yeah. And it went up to the house and members of his family saw it. And, you know, and at, at my little nephew's graduation, my wife was with me and we, we saw him in May and he told my wife the story. She never met him. And he said, oh, yeah. And he, he started ta- telling it from his perspective what happened to him. And my wife was blown away. She was like, wow, it sounded just like what, ha- what, I, what I've been saying. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I hadn't seen the guy in three years, like face to face. But he told it just like what I said happened. I mean, that's what happened. And the, 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 the terrifying thing about it is when, when you start thinking in your head later on, you're like, what else is real? Yeah. What else is out there? Because I really just thought it was all just a big joke. And then my mother told me years later, because when I told my mom what happened when she, she was mad at me for being late. But when I told her what happened, she, she never said another word. And my mom is a Mexican mom. That was not one of those to be like, Oh, that's okay. You were late me whole. No, you going to uh-uh. pay. You were going to, yeah, she was going to get you and <laughs> you hit you with every syllable, dude. You get the chunkla too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she was going to yeah, hit you. Uh, with, so does your family have a history of this type of thing dating back? No, no, that, that my, I never, I don't know if my great aunt ever saw one, but she believed in them. Now I have a distant cousin that saw one, uh, in that same area where my mom grew up. She said that the night that my uncle died, when, when, when her brother, when he died, he died real young, he was murdered and he was brutally murdered and he was thrown in the yard. He was left in the yard. Yeah. It was a horrible and they never solved the case. My parent, my, uh, mother, and her siblings believe they know who did it, but they couldn't prove it type thing, you know? And, but, and, and he was, he was murdered. And my mom said that night she heard these wolves howling, you know, down by the Creek, what they call Mustang Creek. And this, uh, it's a Creek that's down behind the, 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 uh, projects where she used to live. My mother grew up in the projects and she said that she heard it howling all night. And, and I, you know, years later, she told me that she thinks it was maybe something supernatural or as you would call it, preternatural, which is just, it is, it, you know, it, she didn't, she never ridiculed me or told me that she didn't believe in what I had said. Is she this, never. Is this the first time your family ever experienced anything like that when, that, when he died or was killed? No, you know, I don't, I don't think she ever saw them or, or, you know, and I don't know about her sisters. Now I know one of her sisters died back in 2000 and she always claimed that there was, that she believed in that. Like there was, you know, she believed in all this. Those wolves were out there. Yeah, she believed in it. And then my great aunt that died, um, I guess she died in, oh, Anthony, when did Theohova die? I'm trying to think. I don't want to, 2015? Yeah, I spoke at her funeral. I was very close to her. She was like my surrogate grandmother because my, my Bordelita died when I was real little bitty. And I barely remember her at all. And so, you know, she was kind of my surrogate grandmother. She really was. And I was very close to her, very close. And she always told me these things were real. Now, when I told her the story of what happened to me, she looked at me and she's like, stop sewing for a minute. <laughs> and she told me, that's why you don't go out after dark. And it just kept sewing. And that was just very matter of fact. She didn't stop and go, wow, that's interesting. You know, and then she told me, that she didn't like to talk about it. She lived alone in, in the south end of town. And there wasn't hardly anyone else around where she lived. She was the last house in town. As you were leaving. As you're leaving town, going south, you know, from Taylor, going toward Elgin. 
And she always said that she didn't want to talk about these things because she knew they were out there. Mm-hmm. She was too scared of them. It would bring them around. Yeah. And, and not far from where her house was, uh, like I said, a distant relative of mine was chased by one of these things. Now, that her what happened to her happened in December. And what happened to me happened in October. And, I, and the description of it, I think, was the same creature. Um, you know, How old were you at the time when you saw this? I was 15 okay. when it happened to me. And so, you know, I always thought that maybe that could have been the same entity, you know, that she saw that chased her, you know, and it was weird because her dad was an alcoholic and he, he had been attacking her mother. And so she had to get all of her stuff and, you know, with, with her little brother and they had to run out of the house and leave. And they had to cross over that bridge where my mother claimed that she heard that howling the night that my, my uncle died. And this thing chased her how did, i'm sorry but how did your uncle die I'm, i don't want to get graphic or anything but it was well a- he was beaten to death and he was choked so i mean yeah i mean head trauma and strangulation um pick you take your pick either one because it was both sad um yeah and and it was he was only 18 wow and so my mother you know she was very close to that was her favorite sibling you know and they were very close and close to age too. And I know that that had a very profound effect on her. And I think that it was almost like when we, when we would talk about it and one day when she told me and my wife and my other, one of my sisters, she told us about the howling that she heard that night. She said that it always, she always thought that it was something inhuman. It wasn't a, it wasn't a wolf. It wasn't a coyote. It was something other, something yeah, else, some sort of demonic, something that was like, like saying, you know, it might behoove you to, to delve a little bit into your family history and talk to your relatives, especially the older ones, to see what type of connection that might have. Because in the Hispanic community, especially um, not necessarily Mexico per se, but in Central America and so forth, they uh, they have uh, people that uh, they delve into occult practices. Like Santa. Like oh, yeah. We and, talk about uh, that on the show too the, in Mexico uh, folklore. and all those. They, um, they, the santeros, they, curanderos, all, all the exactly, and, and they, they're they're into spell work and things of that sort. So I'm just wondering if your family could have been the victim of something like that. Um, I, you know, I don't know that it was a familial curse. I, I really yeah. think that that it would have been it would have noticed something like more. You know, I, there's only really one relative left from that older generation, from that World War II generation, and and I'm not really on speaking terms with him, so. I can't really, um, you know, there's no, there's no way to connect to them anymore. You know, that, like I said, the ge- that generation's almost gone. And I, but I know that some of the ones on my dad's side believed in things too, like my grandfather. I mean, like he, on my dad's side, uh, he was, he was, but he believed in it because he saw one in Louisiana and he saw what he called the coyote, the no, mon- coyote men. Con- yeah, coyote monitos. And he would see them when he was out in uh, uh, West Texas. Near Candelaria. Near Candelaria, yeah. Candelaria. And he, he claimed to see them. And and he was a truck driver for like 30 years. And he he saw all kinds of weird stuff, you know. And so he believed in that stuff wholeheartedly. He was Catholic. Now, he converted because my grandmother that he married was, was Czech and she was Catholic. Uh, a lot of theologians say that um, God does create these things and he allows certain things to happen to us spiritually because it's to help us grow spiritually. I, I agree with that. Uh, it, I grew up Catholic. 
come from a Catholic family, all this other stuff. I'm now more or less a wayward Catholic. I'm not as devout as I should be, but you know, I, I, there's some things that I don't agree with a doctrine, you know, because it, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me, you know, mm-hmm. such as Leviticus 13, 20, we won't get into that, but you know, to, well, to Leviticus itself is kind of strange. Too, right. Yeah. But, but to, 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 you know, warrant death because a person, you know, is this oriented this way just to, you know, or, no, I, I'm sorry. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's like that saying, was a, um, <laughs> the, when you get back into the older Testament, scripture writings that was a different time and a different people well also i believe in the old testament was a lot of it was just practicality yeah a lot of stuff was made like don't eat pork because pork at would the time kill was you bad. because they, if, if you undercooked it at all you could die they yeah, didn't know what it were, was that caused yeah, it so. back they were very very um crude and savage back then more so than they are now and maybe god decided to spank them a little bit harder then than the he would then now, now yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> let me ask you a question though, Rick. You, you and your and your wife. Let me let me ask you guys. In in all the cases that you've done, I heard Sal ask you earlier. Now he said that what was the most you know memorable, memorable. Yeah, like you you yourself. Now you have a background in law enforcement. How long have you yourself, Rick, been doing the investigations of the paranormal? Well, let's see. I was doing EVP work when I was 12 years old. Wow. Because uh, the house I grew up in was notoriously haunted. I knew it. I knew it. I was trying to get to that. I didn't want to just ask you point blank, hey, did you yeah. grow up in a haunted house? Because that's a lot of times how people end up. Uh, I just recently took my wife out to the country to a house I lived in when I was a kid. And it, and it and it was haunted. Now I'm not talking like the one that I lived in for years here in Austin, but it it had stuff in it. And even driving by it and seeing it and showing it to her and my nephew, I'm sitting there going like I just I could feel it from looking at it. Yeah. And, and I knew yeah, you my, had to have had some kind of background. Now go ahead. Yeah, I grew up in a house. Uh, my brother he dabbled a lot. And, uh, unfortunately he dabbled in some dark arts and, uh, was in, on occasion, I was the recipient of the effects of that. And, uh, it got me very interested. It, it sparked my interest and I've been pretty much, you know, I've been pretty weird all my life, see, but, uh, they, because of the weird experiences I've had and I've, I've had a, a, in a curiosity about that stuff for a very, very, very long time. I can remember meeting grade school researching paranormal, the parent, the subject of the paranormal, um, doing EVP work, um, you know, staying up all night with friends of mine, um, you know, trying to record things, trying to see things, trying to document things. Um, I've just been doing this all my life, and I've had a real, you know, deep interest in it. And um, it just wasn't until maybe my 30s, early 30s, that I started taking an active interest in joining some groups and um, starting doing my own research and so forth. But yeah, this is definite background in it. Absolutely. It's it's like, um, it's my nature. I mean, I'm, it's my nature to be a protector. Um, ever since I was really very, very small, I've always had... Um, that attribute to my personality where I'm a protector. I'm the sheepdog. And I don't like people being oppressed, obsessed, um, bullied. 
Um, uh, you know, that type of thing. I'm always sticking up for them when I'm always trying to help people like that. And, um, you know, this, this subject just goes right into that. Uh, and these people, a lot of these people that are, that are experiencing these things, they, they'll stand there and they'll look at you with tears in their eyes. You know, they've got pain in their heart and they're experiencing something traumatic, something that is horrible. And I cannot, nor will I turn my back on these people. I'll do whatever I can to help them. And if I can't do it, I'll refer them to somebody who can, because that's just part of my nature. I don't, I'm just more of a protector and always has been since I was a little boy. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. We'll be finishing up this uh, three-part series on on Friday. And uh, you guys, make sure that you follow me, uh, like I said before, prtpodcast.com on YouTube also and Spotify, um, SoundCloud. And uh, make sure to like and subscribe. And my email address, once again, is doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Send me your scary stories, even if you just think it's scary to you, okay? Send it to me. And let me find out if it's if it's because a lot of people say, well, I don't think it's show worthy. Well, just send it to me and we'll see. We'll talk. OK, so anyways, from whatever forest you're running in terror from Bigfoot, whatever house you're trying to escape from an evil ghost. Good night.